And we are back. This is part two of episode 43 of the localization podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Andre Zito. We are back with Rafael Pascal from Venga Global. This is part two of the interview where we mostly talk about Ruff's role as LGBTQ plus ambassador at Venga, what this role actually entails. And we talk about everything that's relevant to this topic. So mostly inclusivity, diversity, and what it means to be normal. And we talked about biases as well a lot. So this will be definitely a different, I would say, vibe than the first part where we strictly focus on data collection projects. Now, before we get into that, as usually, I would like to take this time to thank everyone who has liked the LinkedIn page for the podcast, starting with Jennifer Ross, Tanya Boyandin, Joe Seward, Yuka Anen, Ivana Kilin, Sin Think, sorry about that, uh, Vivek Anand, Marina Maher, The True Lingo Solution, that doesn't sound like a person, Kristen Ora, and here I have a person with, I think, Chinese characters, so I cannot read that. Lourdes Juarez, Juarez, Jean Rachel Miguel Campbell, Yvonne Guerder, Adams Ali Diomande, Daniela F, Ivailo Ivanov, Joel Santos, Mace Gumar's translation services. And we have Magali Kari, and finally Luciano Pessoa. Thank you everyone for joining the podcast on LinkedIn. I hope it works for you. I hope you get some value out of it. It's the place where I store all the microclips and where we post the new episodes. So that's that. And now finally, I'll stop talking and let's get into part two of my interview with Raf Pascal from Venga Global. Let's talk about you personally will will do this second part oh, i didn't do that oh you didn't do that before yeah because we were talking about the process for two hours so um what, what are you curious about right now so you just made a move you became a new person in november last year so what is the, the new rough curious about well the new rough after having worked so much time with machines I'm a very, I'm a very interested into humans uh, the most. So um, uh, the the and thanks to the diversity and inclusive part, I had the possibility to merge this in the company as well. I'm not only program manager but also LGBT ambassador for Venga Global, managing this part of diversity and inclusion. Uh, there are so many stuff uh, at the moment going on uh, to focus completely and the most on them but i i mean we promise we'll, come, we'll go out with more contents at the moment uh, uh, i mean the the real idea that i am interested into is to teach i mean uh, people about uh, how to recognize biases in attitudes well uh, behaviors but also in language because language is the first again mean of contact that you have uh, with a person that, that you know the only so when you speak you need to be careful when you use 
uh, when you address, for example, make differentiation, you know, when you use, oh, no, I'm normal. Ah, but what does it mean to be to you normal? Because to me, normal doesn't mean anything. So we really need to understand what means to be normal, what not needs to be different, which is so. And uh, uh, from the linguistic point of view, I mean, uh, when we speak, when we translate, uh, when we uh, talk with someone, we use words, and those words have a, an impact that you cannot imagine on the brain of the people listening to you. So let's start from the beginning, uh, and that's what I'm more, very interested in too. So merging uh, linguistic together with inclusivity, it's my inclusive dream. <laughs> okay, so here, here is maybe, maybe where I'll ask a stupid question. So no, don't. I mean, uh, don't think that are stupid. Uh, there are no stupid questions. So when we when we talk about like you know like the words, they have impact and they can affect how people think about something, how they perceive us, how they feel in the end, based on what we say, right? Mm-hmm. So so is your let's say initiative or curiosity mostly targeted towards the people who are saying the words, so that they say different words let's say better words or is it more about the people who are absorbing and listening to word to the word so that they let's say not take things that personally i'm very interested into the thoughts uh, before even uh, the words are spoken so because uh, the biases should be changed there uh, in the thoughts that you have mm, thinking that uh, a man is uh, stronger than a woman. This is very common in many, many cultures, in many, many uh, ages. So, and this is something that, I mean, when we refer to, uh, I don't know, if there would be, for example, um, this is this happens uh, in Italian, no? But if there would be a woman present here, in Italian, to refer to everyone, I'd need to use, in any case, the masculine form. This is unfair. I mean, but this comes from the grammar. I mean, grammarly, I need folks. It's uh, in, uh, um, I mean, in, um, it's not folks, but in Italian to refer to, uh, hey guys, I'd say. But it's not all guys. There is a woman. I mean, why? But we are tempted to do that also in English. And I can say you even more. In English, we have fishermen. So we are assuming only men are doing this forever and ever during this. So these kind of words come from a culture. Before, mm, the people used to do this kind of work were only men. And, but this not only impacted the language, but also the culture. At the moment, a woman doing those kind of jobs is not seen in a good way. I mean, uh, she's for sure, uh, you know, a woman of, uh, don't know, a few, um, you cannot rely on that woman, no, for example. It's, and uh, believe me, it happened on my skin to hear such comments that, come on, we should stop that. And I realized that we can do that just training people, understanding cultures. Um, for example, and I, I'm really like to want, no, I want to do that because it's my curiosity. If I would tell you, now, Andre, let's, let's think about water, okay? Now, let's think about what? Water, water. Water, okay. The water. So, you need to give a gender to water. 
So which gender you would give to the water? To water. Imagine yourself a water. How do you imagine it? Well, initially I would say it, like a neutral. But the second thought would be if I had to choose between, if I had to choose, I would pick feminine. Feminine. Yes, for some reason. So, no, no, no. I can tell you even the reason. Because maybe you grew up with an Eastern culture, with a religion maybe of the Eastern culture on your, uh, you know, family, simply. So... Uh, and this is what gives uh, the items, inanimate items that we have around, the gender in our imagination. So here you can see how language shapes the way you see the world. Because it's not, I mean, uh, for the most of American cultures, water is masculine. Because uh, of the Mississippi, because of the uh, river Mississippi and uh, all river Mississippi. Look at within the the even with the, within the song, it's a man, an old man Mississippi. I don't know if you know this song. And uh, on the Eastern culture, on the east side of you, it's uh, feminine. This because of the religion of uh, you know the uh, river Gange that actually was um, linked to the to a woman culture, well to a woman god. So, godness in this sense. So, that's why we, as Europeans, think to water as feminine. And in America, on the other side of the world, think of the water as a masculine. So, I did a, an online real-time poll, and you cannot, see, you cannot believe the results. I mean, they pre- practically shown those. I mean, uh, because the audience hopefully was uh, um, equally divided between the world. And we saw that uh, who was, uh, I mean, uh, the most of them were, but most of them were from Europe. I mean, grew in Europe. Then if you moved into America, it doesn't matter. You grew up in Europe. So the culture, the biases, uh, everything is from the European side of you, not from the Western side of you. That is different. But when we talk about the biases... To me, like, is do you think there's still hope, let's say, changing the biases or the mindsets of the older people? Or is it more about just educating the, the younger people who are born into a different world where the things are more, let's say, acceptable or different? I think we need to educate people uh, to understand uh, new and, uh, well, a new generation and the previous generation and pay attention, I didn't use old. This is the change of the, because old, come on, previous generation. Boomers, boomers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so mm, we need to teach them on the new, uh, uh, um, on, on the, those people that needs a visibility now, today, the most. Uh, that uh, as long, well, so far, they have been completely excluded from the society. We need to train people to know what means to be gay, what means to be lesbian, what means to be non-binary, what means to be intersexual, what means gender, and which is the difference between gender and sexual orientation. And so it's different. So those differences need to be new. Then maybe you can have your opinion, but at least learn, and then you will have your opinion and your judgment not biases anymore because now you know now you can judge you cannot 
bias. I mean, it's not a bias. It's a judgment on the basis of what you know. Those people are like this. Are they really, do they really need to be excluded from the society or maybe not? So you choose for sure, but of course, at least you know. So that's what I want to pass today. So a sort of training about unconscious biases because um, from the psychology um, side, your brain will decide for you in the first seven seconds, seven seconds, that you need to make a choice between two items. So if you are buying a mobile phone or an agenda, let's say an agenda, it's better. If you need to buy an agenda, your brain already decided on the basis of what has been put inside through the marketing campaigns, uh, through the spots, uh, through the stuff, through to what you are used to see. That's why the unconscious always will always work. And it, it needs, I mean, we need it to survive. The unconscious biases help you to uh, react, for example, in a huge situation. When there is a lion, you need to run. This is an unconscious bias, and also consciously, you know that you need to run. <laughs> but uh, yes, I mean, unconsciously, you know, you know that there is a danger, that there is something that you need to do. So that's why um, we need to think that uh, unconsciously we have biases about two people that we don't even know. So why are we judging and uh, before knowing even? So let's let's do those kind of uh, training and let's see. And uh, of course, loving languages. I want to put uh, languages as much as I as possible to make differences. Mm, there, there are plans in preparing new staff for the diversity and inclusion. But first of all, I think we need a clarifications between where we are at today with the inclusive pronouns, for example. And um, do really, I mean, uh, how many non-binary people uh, do you know today? Maybe nobody, maybe some, but do your friends know them? So are they the same as we are? I'm sure 100% yes, they are. There are no diversities. But to show that, we need to demonstrate this to the people. I mean, we need to show uh, that we are, I mean, as a gay, I identify, I mean, I'm a gay, so I'm normal as a 99% of the people and the 99 because the 1% can have a disease mentally that can we cannot consider in a standard way of thinking but just that's why we excluded the 1% it's just because there is a disease that actually does not but we are all the same and even if there is a disease we need to see where is this disease how we can help those people to feel less diverse than us because humanly speaking we are exactly the same maybe we cannot have the same skills maybe we cannot have the same gender maybe we cannot have the same sexual orientation maybe we cannot be as lucky to be you know born uh, without an issue uh but we are all the same we are all human so be human to be diverse <laughs> so is that what the role of an ambassador is about mostly like educating the public i hope so i mean yes uh the first uh, 
first thing is to educate uh, at least uh, people internally, internally in the company, because uh, the needs of a diversity and inclusion manager or an LGBT ambassador is to make sure that the company follows the steps uh, to onboard people of different culture, different race, different sexual orientation. So, uh, and uh, there are a lot of pink washings. I don't know if you know this term, but uh, mm, companies pretending to be LGBT open, but in the end without doing anything. Right. So pink washing. So um, this is, there is a, a, a high discussion about uh, them because uh, we know that there are advantages being uh, LGBT, uh, you know, inclusive, uh, but uh, because the marketing, because, and then in the end, they don't employ LGBT people. They don't employ uh, people from other races or they treat them. They don't have a proper recruitment system for those people. Maybe asking questions uh, like, uh, why did you discover to be trans? <laughs> uh, sorry, but this is, I mean, this is not uh, related to the job. Yes, I mean, it's not like for this. And it's possible that maybe you are asking because it could be simple for Curiosity. you. Curiosity curiosity but uh, it should not be because uh, uh, you know there are processes that should be followed for that and that's that's where the LGBT ambassador can help but also uh, to join uh, you know between um, uh, let's say uh, initiatives so uh, we can uh, for example um, we, we can help in doing uh, you know an, a more diverse and inclusive environment in case uh, a client needs some suggestions on the basis of linguistic point of view on the linguistic point of view but also again in the employment staff or uh, if they need uh, like uh, assistance in uh, identify if they are enough uh, diverse and inclusive in their contents as well because uh, again maybe you are uh, the um, sweetest person in this world okay that you would never offend anybody but uh, uh, your culture i was born for example in italy the south of italy tiny town where you can imagine how difficult it's been gay i mean uh, it's been super difficult but in in the end i mean i was uh, i i never had problems showing who i you know who I am because but I am this personality there are maybe other people more closed more you know timid uh, yeah timid in this sense so you need I mean we need but those maybe learned from their parents their society to be a little bit distant in any case you know even with uh, other gay people or people uh, the same because it's inside your brain it's inside your culture and you need to break it so um, that's the point and uh, you cannot refer to a non-binary we as a, a she or a he i mean it's a non-binary there is a reason why uh, that that person is not feeling nor a man nor a woman but maybe both so they need a specific pronoun and, um, you know, it's um, unbelievable uh, the way that uh, actually uh, today we, we, we need to also think that uh, we, 
we don't have to consider only Europe in the sense there are um, uh, Arabic uh, cultures, uh, you know, where it's even forbidden to be gay. So the trainings about who we are, and I feel one, uh, of course, uh, who we are uh, as gay, non-binary, again, intersexual, trans, we need to show those people who we are if we pretend them to respect us, to show them that we are not the same as them. So, like, um, we are simply the same as them. It's like, I'm not sorry, I, did, I just said the wrong, but we are exactly the same of them. I mean, exactly the same, man, man, and a non-binary can even teach you more things about the feelings that this person have. Um, you know, it's, again, a matter of cultures, and it's a matter of human. Now, professionally speaking, I really don't care about anything else apart from your skills. Then, to me, it's... Uh, you can be of whatever gender or sexual orientation, then completely welcome. I would even love it more. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, uh, yes, if you feel normal, so don't come here uh, because we don't accept normal people. <laughs> <laughs> because we simply don't know what does it mean normal. I mean, uh, normal. So, yeah, it's people. Yeah, normal typically means mainstream, I would say. Because uh, we... You know, uh, and I want to explain this. Uh, we need to mm, uh, to think that it can, normal can be something for me, but something different for you. So, who decides what is normal? The culture. So, okay, we deleted the normality and the diversity because normal does not exist if we don't have diversities. Okay, there should not be any normal and any standard if there are no diversities. We need to understand that we are not diverse at all to consider normal compared to someone else. Mm, we are simply human. So I can be mm, normally, I, I, I'm really struggling using any suggestion with the normal adjective because it's, uh, but you are simply, don't know, normal doesn't mean good and different doesn't mean bad. This is for sure, 100% sure. I mean, it depends then on what you, the limits that you put to normal and to different. So speaking of biases, what is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? Let's say when we talk about first impression. The directness I have. <laughs> That's what they misunderstand about you. What, what I mean by misunderstanding is that let's say I meet you and I think that, okay, Raf is very funny. He likes to talk. He's super joyful, cheerful. And, but misunderstanding would be, let's say, if you are introvert. If, let's say, your impression that you give is different than what you actually are. Sometimes I love joking, you know, making jokes that can, because of the cultures and the different stuff, that can be, you know, seen in a wrong way that I actually am not in this. So that's, that's what the misunderstanding is, where actually you have, but again, this is because of the culture. Maybe to me, it's super easy to joke, don't know, about... Uh, uh, Shoes, don't know, I'm making you a joke about shoes while it's not the same for uh, someone 
don't know. I don't know. I don't have an example now. But maybe obliged to work mandatory 12 hours a day in a shoes factory. This I really took someone something. But definitely this is the point. I mean, I'm not doing it because intentionally I want to offend you. I'm just doing a joke. I'm sorry if I've been so... Uh, so. And that's what sometimes happens even to the sweetest people. That they do jokes that maybe... Diff- I mean, the people that is in, in front of you are not taking the same that you are uh, in, in a different way completely because they have simply another culture. It's not... Uh, so it's this misunderstanding that sometimes it's created. And uh, second thing, <laughs> there are two things. Okay. When, when I complain about issues, I mean, uh, I complain about the situation generally, about the fact that the situation is making me mad, why this happened, but I'm not, I mean, I don't have anything against the person that, that maybe did this error because it can happen to whatever. Now it happened, but I'm not angry, angry with this person in particular. I continue to estimate this person as before. I continue to value this person as before. So it's not, but this is what happens sometimes. No, 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 it's not. I mean, it's not the, that I'm saying you are... I mean, you did everything, but this happened like in everything that could happen. So it's never with the person because person itself is human again. So whoever can be wrong, whoever. So right. without any difference. Here's where you would need to give me some advice because to me it's because I tend to be the person who likes to maybe sometimes point fingers. I'm trying to unlearn that and be like you, like this is fucked up but hey i still love you you know what can we do better but how how do you ensure that let's say your criticism or your madness that other people feel it's about the situation and not about themselves this should be i mean i think that this should be controlled then while you speak i mean because this happens for example when i say oh but, but um, you did this or why did you do this Oh, no, sorry, I don't know why. Yes, but I'm not saying that you are bad. I mean, why did you do it? Is there a logic to understand that to break the logic, the wrong logic behind this thought? It's not because I want to address you and point finger. Ah, okay, then they understand. But you need to explain. I mean, the only thing is uh, explanation. And maybe let's start the conversation saying, hey, please forgive me for whatever I will say about this project made me you know sent me to the head and okay <laughs> so like so forgive me for whatever is happening from now on but now let's focus on and because then the comments the stuff come on why did, did that happen so it, it's normal they you know they it's normal they have, we're humans so it's normal we're not machines and uh, People around you, it's, of course, everything and most of that depends on the relationship that you have, that you had during the time. You cannot pretend to be always, uh, you know, bad and then, no, no, but don't know if you are always bad, you are bad. I mean, it's just bad and bad, Uh, but it's, uh, you know, this can be on serious people when, you know, you are more serious, more... uh, uh, then uh, people in front of you can take the things more seriously, even the complaints. But if, uh, as me, you can imagine me managing a project with my team, I mean, we have louds all the time. It, we cannot stop things because that's what I said. Guys, I understand 
that uh, um, we need to work. I mean, that's our job. It's a, and the problems are on a daily basis present. You know, projects are what they are. At least let's smile. So we enlighten <laughs> the day and we do that in a better way. First thing is please smile always uh, because there will be always issues uh, even if you will you don't see them now but tomorrow there will be for sure it cannot it's normal I mean uh, this is something that I really love to say uh, we need to have issues uh, to learn I mean we need to learn from the past to be better people otherwise uh, is not uh, is not growing so it's not living neither we need to uh, fall down then go up again so to stand up and continue it's like if you look at a heartbeat and i love this uh, uh, you know the heartbeat is like a mountain you know and there is always like on the top and then you have issues on the top and then you have issues it means you're alive so just think about that it means you're alive right <laughs> so if there is a line always like this then start uh, <laughs> and then you're boring warning yeah no, no, that warning because you can be that <laughs> so you won't be right right yeah yeah that's that's a good parallel so speaking about the biases and your goal to let's say change well start by educating and then maybe hopefully they will change their biases or remove them what is something that you had a bias about and you then learned something and it went away um on my own <laughs> there are many i mean i need i'm choosing <laughs> well i told you i mean i grew the the lucky thing is that uh, i i started uh, uh, traveling when i was like 14 so when I was 14, my first travel was to Finland, one month there, and starting doing those kind of cultural exchange, it's something that helps you to go beyond, to go over everything. So, but the, um, the bias that I had the most, uh, <laughs> you cannot believe it. <laughs> you know, I feel ashamed to say, tell you this. But about uh, sexual orientation, I was, um, I mean, and still, I am uh, uh, shamed of walking hand to hand in the street with my husband. This is a bias because I think, oh, but what do people can think of? This is an unconscious bias because people, one, it's not sure people are looking at you. So one, first of all, you are not such superstar. And the second one, who cares? I mean, even if they then have a problem, your life will continue anyway. I know, but this is something that I'm bringing with me from the community I grew up because uh, I, I cannot imagine. I mean, my parents now, everyone knows in my family about me and my sexual orientation, but I cannot uh, look at myself hanging, you know, uh, hand dance with my husband in front of my parents. It would be too much. Yeah, but this when actually they know we are getting married, I mean, so they will come to the wedding. So it's like, but it still causes me. And this is a bias of the culture that it's completely within your brain. And this should be 
completely, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm doing steps. I mean, improvements step by step. That's a step. <laughs> maybe, maybe let us, let us into your world. What, what are the steps? Like, how, how do you rewire your brain about this? Uh, I simply, yeah, that's what the, 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 the initial stuff that I mentioned before, like, uh, re resides the thought. I mean, resides what you are thinking and what you are shame of. I mean, what I'm shame of, I'm shame of people looking at me with uh, hands in hands with my husband. Okay. What happens if those people will look at you? If, first of all, if, okay, so again, you are not on a stage and, uh, Second one is, uh, um, let's try to think this, uh, with need, I mean, uh, this is, uh, uh, I, I just need to accept that uh, people will judge in any sense. I mean, uh, if it's good or if it's bad, they will, they will say, oh, what's a nice thing or what's a bad thing. So just accept there will be a point of view and uh, just resize that point of view because this point of view is not your life your life is with your husband if you're not hanging your husband today it's just you from your life that prevented of having this experience today you know running or maybe walking on a beach with your husband and uh, because you lost that opportunity the people around you will judge you in any case even if you don't do that if you don't do that, they will say, oh, they are friends. So even if you don't do that, people will judge. But this judgment, it's just because, again, people doesn't want to really judge in a bad or good way just because we have an idea of the world around us. Now, the problem itself is only mine. I mean, if I have shame of it's just mine because I am preventing, I mean, I am... Um, it's myself only that I'm showing to those people in a way that maybe I don't want to show. But again, the problem is just me. <laughs> so uh, don't be the problem of yourself. And uh, please express yourself uh, the most you want. Singing, dancing, whatever. Because uh, people need to accept us the way we are. I mean, uh, it's not, we cannot be the differently. Otherwise, we will be machines. <laughs> yes. But okay, so so when I ask you about the steps that you take, so you, I think step one would be just to realize that okay, it's in your brain. But what do you practically? Let's say, let's say, I don't know. Well, today it's already late. I don't know if you go, you start doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, not uh, uh, just just uh, um, like with uh, with a hand or hanging. But uh, I mean, yes, don't pretend. I mean. Because there are people also kissing, you know, sometimes you give a kiss just because of cuddles on the beach. Don't pretend this for now, but I will do. <laughs> I promise I will do. This, I mean, it's, uh, it's limits that we put in ourselves just because, uh, and not because I need to show that I kiss my husband. You know, you can kiss your husband, not uh, just simple kiss, just... Uh, but it's still something that I'm preventing myself to do when maybe nobody's caring about that. So please do that. I mean, uh, do that. It's, um, don't worry. The world will, will not, I mean, maybe the world can change in a positive way if people start looking 
at the mm, two men kissing each other more frequently. So they can see that this is the world. I mean, this is the reality. We are not just simply uh, talking because this is the reality. Two men kissing. Oh God. Yes, two men kissing. It can be even for me strange. Again, it's not. I mean, I don't judge. And when I see people doing it, oh my God, I, I'm so like, oh God, they are so pretty. And my husband, why you don't do that? Like, oh God, it's true. It's true, I can kiss him. <laughs> less, like, less long distance. No, it's uh, again, it's a bias that you need to... Um, and if it's not forbidden in the country, because I know that in many countries it's even forbidden, so please, uh, please, uh, let's do that, because we can show to other countries that this is exactly the same of uh, a heterosexual couple kissing of uh, two women kissing of you know uh, people kissing uh, and just sharing love because it's love it's anything else when of course you should be always in the limit and the respect of the people around you we are talking when we so but uh, of course it's uh, so neither outside any limit and imagination also even a heterosexual uh, a couple would be like, come on, out of uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, so always in the respect of other people around you. Then uh, let's be human. Let's be human because be human is being diverse. It's like only this. It's uh, because I feel that uh, today with so so many social media, so many technology, so much, and now with COVID, we're actually. The situation is even worse with the distance, uh, you know, that you need to keep. You need to. People uh, are uh, more uh, in, uh, you know, becoming more machines uh, than human. They are forgetting uh, the human behavior, the human feelings. Uh, you know, oh no, but uh, um, even for tight deadlines, uh, we need to understand that it's true, but. It cannot be so tight when there is a, a bank holiday. Oh, no, but pay extra hours. Yes, we understand. If a linguist say no, we cannot oblige a linguist to not live this life, I mean, his life or her life uh, in uh, this sense <laughs> because it's a bank holiday. That's the humanity I'm speaking. We lose the, uh, the fact that we have free time and we have also time for us, not only for working, and also, even while working, we are still human. So when we talk each other, so when we talk to colleagues, just respect the colleagues you have. Just not pretend things. Uh, uh, please, uh, I need this, this, and this for tomorrow. Okay, bye. This is not... There are attitudes like this. Uh, we cannot... I mean, uh, there are strong, uh, let's say, tones within even emails within that I would really minimize as much as possible. Because even if, even if there are issues, we are, you know, there are no uh, human lives risks. I mean, nobody is dying. So let's resize the issue. I understand the complaints are complaints. I'm the first one, uh, the most committed on the quality, as you saw before. Quality is my point of view after the quote so even the management is all based on the quality but that's the point to respect the quality it's uh, we need to respect the time to respect the time we need to respect humans 
all comes to be human. I mean, all comes to be human. So let's let's go back to the hell a little bit for a while. My notorious question: What do you think is wrong with our industry? Uh, good question. <laughs> well, uh, um, wrong things, uh, and um, I can say one of the things. Uh, lastly, I've seen wrong, uh, but uh, just because uh, uh, it makes harder uh, to work. The merging, I think that the the highest discussion, well, the most discussed uh, merging between SDL and. Uh, uh, RWS, RWS. Uh, I don't see it in a good way, but not, I mean, not in terms of uh, workload or when two um, bigs like these uh, merging one, they keep too many small outside of the games, too many. So they are playing the games all themselves. So because they are too big, so we know that they can provide everything, both of them. So I agree with the partnerships. I don't agree when partnerships are so, uh, like, uh, you know, when you are excluding uh, the... It's true that it's uh, um, a competition. It's true that you have a competition, but let's always try to do um, good competition. So to be competitor, but in a good way. So the wrong thing is, uh, let's say, this, uh, merging everything in one, when maybe two can give uh, different services, uh, maybe better, don't know. It's just uh, my opinion eh? from the outside. Having worked for both of them, I know how RWS works, I know how SDL works, the tool, the management, the systems. Um, so, um, of course, it's good. Of course, it's a very good uh, merging in terms of uh, if we want to all, uh, you know, all go to the money side of you, it's good in this sense. But uh, from the other side of you, um, we are not being, I mean, uh, it's making the games very difficult for the others. Uh, that's uh, to, to just to compete uh, because a record, uh, a voice, let's say a voice recognition system, as you said before, it's used to be crowdsourced. Okay, but then uh, the crowdsourced quality will be that one that that machine will have. So, and maybe a big, uh, it's easy for a big one, it's easier to crowdsource than to manage on a pair uh, because of the costs, because of many things. So we need to see if the partnership gives uh, all the good aspects in everything, quality, com competition, um, services, management, and all together. So, but this is the only thing I mean, I want to mention as wrong thing. Then uh, there could be stuff that we can discuss, uh, like uh, the career within this field is uh, still challenging uh, for, uh, for a person because maybe we are giving, um, you know, maybe let's say, can I say that it's been um, not lucky, but uh, uh, SDL discovered uh, the management point of me from a client asking from management and me, uh, you know, launching on it, for example. 
translators, especially in-house translators, um, sometimes are underestimated of how much more they can give to the company in terms of assistance to the manager. They can give maybe the double, but maybe we are looking at them only as translators. So we are making for them even difficult career if they maybe want to grow up as project managers and maybe more and more. So the challenges are those one, for example, it's difficult for a translator becoming project manager if the translator does not have any project management experience, but to have any experience, we should have someone assigning a project. Otherwise, uh, it will be always a translation. So um, I think that uh, especially if uh, um, LSPs have inside, in-house translators, maybe a management test can be useful to just understand where your uh, resources can help you most in uh, and more or more in uh, other fields of your clients maybe uh, medical maybe um, you know management also because it's the point of view so i always say that the point of view is it cannot be the same my point of view or your point of view there will be maybe similar but still two so the second point of view is super helpful to improve for the improvement step because uh, it's a second point of view. Maybe I'm always used to manage this in that way. And the translator can show me, oh, but you didn't see that. Maybe we can change in this aspect because, uh, you know, and uh, this is more for managers that do not have a linguistic aspects, for example, inside in the skills. Maybe they just became a manager and they are a super good manager, but never been in translation fields. You don't know um how maybe a fuzzy can be more uh, discounted let's say uh, there could be discounts for uh, 55 to 70 and from 70 to 98 a translator can help a manager to understand why and maybe you can quote better for clients better for your lsp you know i think that uh, we are all a team but translators are really important in our um, in our job so let's give uh, importance to them, please. Yeah. Okay. So this might already count as the final words from you, but you know, <laughs> but you still, you still get the chance. So thank you, Ralph, for the interview. Uh, let's wrap it up with uh, the final words from you. This is where, let's say, you could speak to the minds of everyone in the industry. What would you tell them, or what would you change? I would. I would suggest one thing. Don't don't be afraid of anything. I mean, and always try to make clear and understandable your point of view to your uh, superiors or to whoever is around you. Because, uh, mm, I mean, I'm sure your voice will be heard and uh, smart ideas will give uh, smart results. So, don't worry about uh, exposing yourself like, uh, oh, maybe this is too stupid. Maybe, no, as I said, there are no stupid things. Things There are no um, under, uh, you know, uh, or with uh, um, you know, things with zero value, but uh, all the things are valuable on the basis of the importance you give to the things. So if this thing is important for you, it's important for everyone because you First of all, uh, then 
the surrounding. So this is my suggestion in everything, translation point of view, life point of view, management point of view. So you manage the budget of a client, you manage the quality of a client, you manage the life of yourself. So choose on the basis of your understanding. Try to always understand what you have you know, um, in, in front of. So try to always understand that it could be a project, it could be a person, it could be a client. Try to always put in the other shoes and don't worry about expressing yourself because you don't have anything, you will not lose anything. So don't, don't worry about losing anything. So yeah, that's my suggestion. All right. Well, thank you, Raf, very much for the interview. Welcome. Two hours with you. Thank you for guiding us through the process of data collection and talking about inclusivity and your life and everything. It was very positive. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll chat maybe some other time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome. Bye.